Season 2, Part 2, Episode 2, with Should We Dance and Forrest Walker. My name's Tobe Johnson, and you're listening to Strange Brow Radio. Thanks for listening and tuning in. You can find us over at YouTube, and I'll tell you more about what's happening over there in a second. But thank you to our sponsor, Feral by Aaron, E-R-Y-N, Alchemy Sound Tools, over at Etsy. If you mention the show, say you heard in the comments section you heard about Feral by Aaron at Strange Brow Radio, and there'll be something extra in your box. Just write it in the comments there. Okay. Next up, my conversation, of course, with Forrest Walker, part two. We'll be right back. All right, before we begin today, I want to talk to you real quick about the Thylacine Awareness Group of Australia. You'll be able to find them over at YouTube. Neil Waters is heading things up. Neil is a previous guest. Man, it was like two years ago when we were struggling to do live events and talk to guests at the same time at the Axe and Fiddle in Cottage Grove, Oregon. But since that time and well before it, uh, Neil has been immersed in... Private, uh, providing awareness and looking for and proving that the thylacine, that would be the, not the Tasmanian devil, but the thylacine is, uh, is way stranger looking than the Tasmanian devil. Go look up what a thylacine is, and you may or may not recognize it. Chances are you've never seen one because supposedly they were extinct long ago, but something tells me that that's not the case. And Neil Waters has suspected for a long time via the amount of game cam footage, witness reports, eyewitness testimony, and tracks that they are alive and well. And so Neil broke uh, more than three or four days ago now and let everybody know in advance that March 1st, 2021 was going to be the day where he was going to drop some evidence. And so he did. And the evidence that he dropped was... A game cam shot, color game cam shot at forest floor level of what appears to be a baby Joey thylacine walking to and from a game cam. Now, he's well aware that there would be naysayers out there giving evidence that it was this, that, or the other, but uh, he's fairly certain, and I think he has all his ducks lined in a row to prove that this is indeed what it shows. So if seeing is believing, go see for yourself. Uh, go check out his his site. Also, you can go back and listen to our previous episode. I think it's episode number seven um, with Neil and Alex Evans, who is an artist that does uh, work for Neil, artist renderings of the thylacine and even makes little sculptures. So really exciting. If they're back, they're back. Um, you want to check that out over at Neil Waters' website, the Thylacine Awareness Group of Australia. I should also make mention that I am fresh back from Maury Island. The strange stroll is complete. 
If you don't know what a strange stroll is, well, it's your chance to send me on an adventure. Just like the Choose Your Own Adventure books, you can send me to one of two places. The polls usually go up uh, every month or every other month. And as the weather gets better, maybe I'll do more of them. And uh, so the last time people voted, they sent me to Maury Island. They sent me uh, packing overnight to where the reported Maury Island UFO incident happened, where a donut-shaped craft sprayed forth molten uh, lava, or what they're calling slag, over the beaches of Maury Island. There's eyewitness testimony. Uh, there's a documentary out there you can download, the Maury Island Incident. So I went there and rattled some cages and uh, actually turned into a two-day event. So that's going to be uh, coming up, I believe, next week. So get ready for that. Subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can be alerted. Hit the little bell icon so you can get the alerts when that's all ready to go. And then we will have... The next strange stroll tagged along into this one. So the voting will start as soon as that one goes up and you'll be able to vote on where I'll head uh, maybe sometime in June or May or something like that. We have some busy months coming ahead here. So um, I don't want to spread myself too thin. All right. Next up, part two with Forrest Walker and Should We Dance? Now, when we last left off with Forrest Walker... He was describing a moment where the witness and the experiencer researcher that was at his place with him, uh, they heard something in the bush. And the researcher was certain it was an unidentified whistle sound that couldn't be easily uh, pinpointed to a certain bird. Uh, Forrest did not hear this sound, and the researcher gets up in his face and then they hear a secondary whistle, which Forrest did hear, I believe, the secondary whistle. And so we're going from that point, they're describing what happens to a person to the point where they get up into kind of a stranger's face, the researcher being the stranger to Forrest, really, and um, getting kind of obsessed with the subject matter. Adrenaline's pumping, you're wanting to prove everything, and uh, we're going to go from there as far as Forrest's take on uh, what's happening to a, a person when they get like that. And uh, then I chime in and we go from there. Now, there is some field video as well. So pay particular attention to the end of the video. Hint, hint, nod, nod, because there will uh, be some interesting stuff that happens at the, uh, the very end of this video here. So don't turn it off just when we leave the balcony. All right, the extended part two conversation and hopefully not last conversation with Forrest Walker. The mindset of the individual here that got up into your face, I know that mindset and I sometimes have to talk myself down from that mindset because it is one of total immersion obsession with the subject matter mm. and it bypasses social niceties. Mm. It... Uh, it's like uh, the equivalent of just, uh, you know, reaching your hand inside of a sandbox and just, uh, you know, trying to find the treasure chest at all costs. You don't care how much sand leaves the sandbox. I'm trying to go with a forest analogy right now. <laughs> but I, I understand that mindset to the person. I understand this person uh, somewhat, too. But have you ever seen another subject matter that brings that kind of personality of someone? Because... You've seen more of life than I have, Forrest. So 
Is this subject matter and unique at what it does to people and change them? Or are these people already tainted by their own mental state? Life is a multifaceted bunch of subject matters. And so mm -hmm. if you work for the evil corporation, um, then you're going to compartmentalize yourself and going, yeah, I do, but I'm not part of that, you know? And so uh, the Sasquatch study only brings out your core of who you are and maybe bouncing off other people. Um, you can learn lessons and you can walk away in something that didn't seem good or right at the time or a month later or two months later, eventually you might get perspective on it and look back and go, oh, that started me thinking this way, or that opened this door for me. And now I look back and I wish I had said this or not done that or whatever. So um, we just constantly learn, we have to evolve the boundaries that we have, you know? And so anybody heading into a subject with huge amounts of knowledge and huge, like an encyclopedia-like brain, mm -hmm. um, that's really great. Uh, Google has that for me. Um, I always say, you know, I, I listen to things and, you know, the word grok came up in dealing with this person. And it's like, I don't necessarily remember every researcher that said this or that or every source in life that I read that said this, but it rings true. Mm -hmm. And that becomes part of me. And I may not be able to give you the exact source every time. Sometimes mm -hmm. I can, but I only let certain things in. And then I only, you know, and I, I, certain things I go, I can't go there. That's racist, hatist, whatever it is, you know, that leads to a place I can't be. And so you evolve your sense of reality and, and, and what you're going to believe in and, and what you allow in to your reality. So the interesting thing with this person was when things didn't work out, um, sharing realities, you know, here with Sasquatch or whatever, um, I was sent a story about a, um, Buddhist monk, uh, a Zen monk, and this was in the late 1800s, early 1900s. And the story was regarding tea. And so there was a professor at this um, event where they were up on the stage and the professor wanted to know Zen. And the monk leans forward uh, on the table and starts pouring some tea into a little cup. And uh, pretty soon the cup's full and it's overflowing. And the professor's going, well, stop, stop, it's full. And the monk sits back and says, you want to know Zen, but your cup is full of knowledge and ideas. And so there, there is not room, you know? Mm. And so for me, again, it's, you know, we're all wired up differently and I, I love saying that, mm. but my brain is wired up not to look at things in a certain way, but look at another way. And so I try to keep my cup empty, really. And of course, I have preconceived notions yeah. about things, but you don't want your ideas, like a researcher that focuses only on footprints or whatever, to, well, I'm not going to let in any woo factor. I'm not going right. to let this in. So that was a beneficial story to me. And then as life being the mirror and reflecting back, I think, well, I think your cup is fuller than mine is. I think you're describing yourself maybe not knowing it mm -hmm. and that I, I strive to keep my cup empty and entertain all teas, you know, uh, and then I want to dump it out and whatever sticks to the rim is, you know, what stuck with me. But that body of stuff, I want to let go, you know, because 
otherwise, you know, in our brains, we start all these cross-referencing and that has to make sense with this and that has to do this. And a lot of times it doesn't. It's just kind of disjointed information. Yeah, but given the subject matter, it's different than talking about something, you know, tactile. It's different than talking about... Uh, it's like talking about or a religion. It's talking about something that's so profound. Like I was talking to um, Doug Hycheck, and people can look look at the podcast I did with him. He's the guy that... Um, the producer of Monster Quest on History Channel, and he invents cameras, and he's a scientist. And he was talking about being uns- outsmarted by um, Sasquatch, and um, you know, he said, uh, you know, if after thirty years I've been outsmarted again, I may have to rethink my approach. Outsmarted. I, me- I mentioned to uh, Doug regarding the phenomena, the PTSD. Mm. and how it affects people's fundamental core of who they are and what is possible and the narrative that has been explained. So, therefore, it is a lot like a religious experience for a lot of people. Mm. And they either choose to entertain this what's been shown to them or they deny it. So, for that, you know, this obsessive nature that gets under people's skin, I mean... I mean, you're talking to a guy that has gone at three in the morning to the end of a logging road based on a hunch, uh, you know, alone waiting in the snow. So what is it and about... how did that work out for you? Yeah, exactly. But how did that work out for you at three in the morning? Was the hunch right? The hunch was not only uh, wrong, um, but it was, it was progressively wrong over a period of years. And it took me a while to figure out why it was wrong. It was wrong because... It's the difference between like putting on the Chinese finger cuffs and pulling your fingers to get them out of there really quick or slowly sliding it like, okay, this is how you release yourself from something. That's so the equivalent of that is being an ambulance chaser like I was saying, oh, I got to get to be the, you know, the first one here to cast this to, to do that. And when you learn to step back and wait, you they know, choose you, you don't choose them. So what do you think of that comment? In the comment, the root of that was... Well, I've heard Tom Powell say that, just like, you're chosen. You know, you sit back at the campfire and wait, and if they pick you out of a lineup, Mm -hmm. then you're the... So do you think that's possible? you think that's the way this works? Well, I think it's kind of dangerous to think yourself as the chosen one or, you know, in any situation. So I think, again, you've just got to look at, well... I'm the one in the middle of the woods here that didn't clear cut it and take some cash and go buy a Ferrari, you know, and so maybe they want to, if they know my mind, you know, interact with that a little bit more than maybe somebody else, you know, so I think there's degrees and really a lot of shades of gray of, of, you know, who are they interacting with when they interact with anybody, you know, and so one of the apists, you know, I, I've learned is, you know, just deadly afraid of, of Sasquatch, you know, and absolutely an aper and there's nothing other than huge, you know. Um, Wait, you've heard a story about an aper that's deadly afraid of Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah, and it's his career. He's paid to do it, you know. And so he goes out, but uh, if that's the vibe you're putting out, you know, what are you going to get back? Are you going to get to level two, three, or four? And, and you have to stop and think and know is, 
I'm probably more out there right now in doing this interview than I really want to be, but how many people out there that have moved into areas all up and down the coast or wherever there's forest, whatever, have experiences, have interacted with that experience in their own special way and just only need to keep it to themselves, mm -hmm. you know? And so if you're really into it, you're probably not going to broadcast a lot of information about what you know. Mm -hmm. And then if you've prepared that little stew, you know, is it, edible for a lot of the public you know and so you know it's 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 so individual i think you know and then people sitting back and watching youtube vids or something that are living in an apartment or whatever it's well you know i think the best way to experience whatever you might experience if you're going to get chosen or if you're going to be one that gets some phenomenon is to spend a lot of time out in the forest and care about it mm -hmm. and 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 reflect back and and just ask yourself what do i have to offer you know why 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 would anything want to come talk to me you know or or interact with me or whatever mm -hmm. you know so so i think it always gets back to who am i and and what do i have to offer in this right. situation do you think certain people are chosen picked out of a lineup from you know the rest of the populace to say oh you're useful or we know you or your family what do you i don't know that gets to all of life you know are we chosen to hit the lottery and then you know have all of our dreams come true with all the money we want and then are we gonna do something good are we gonna go blow it are we gonna you know so life is about being chosen or not but is that choice random you know and just yeah are you a randomness guy or are you a synchronicity guy because you strike me as synchronicity guy well again if you start looking at certain things if you've got the construct that there are certain boundaries that you know life is this and i'm going to die and go to heaven and if i go to church every sunday this is what i need to do and you know i, I you know that's one way of looking at it but i i think how we all process whatever comes at us is reality i mean you and i can have totally different realities you know of, of what life is and, and where we're at you know um so I think we self-prophesize where we end up quite a bit. You know, there's, there's, my thing in life has always been, if there's a thousand people in my situation, um, one's going to get out and I got to be that one. So I can't panic. I've got to thoughtfully figure out what everything is mm -hmm. and proceed forward um, going with a positive attitude. There's always some good to come out of something and some way out of this, you know, right. even at the darkest times. So as far as being chosen, uh, there is a lot of ego in that, you know, and that's yeah. where the whole Sasquatch community turns on itself, eats itself, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just uh, me, me, I'm the one. Well, isn't that subject over there um, what you should be reverent of and right. trying to understand? And if it is and you're not a neighbor, all of these all-knowing things, doesn't it kind of know your root motivation and where you're going? Right. And so, um, you know, again, it's, it's maybe you gain respect and I don't know, and I don't want to go ego, but maybe you gain respect by not proceeding forward when you don't feel it's time. And the slap on the side of your house comes and you go, you know, I'd love to give you guys some time and have you over, but it's not the right time for me. So I'm just going to continue to make that decision aside from fear. If you can actually say, you know, intellectualize, it's not time for me yet. Yeah. And, and, and the fear thing, I'll tell you, the older you get, Somebody I knew years ago said, you know, the thing is, when you get older, there's a lot less runway. And so when you're older, um, 
there's less life to lose if you lose your life. And you look back and go, geez, I wish I'd done that. And I'd never know where that road would have gone or whatever. And so everything evolves and everything is fluid. And so my sense a few years ago of saying, I, that's not time to have you over and, and do this. Um, maybe it is now time to have them over and do this, you know, and maybe I can switch focus to that. And not with some misguided thing as I'm going to be the one, I'm going to tell everybody right. what this is, you know, or whatever. But, you know, maybe they need somebody to talk to. Maybe they need to understand, you know, what is with all, all your friends and people and, you know, all, yeah. all of them. Are you opposed to people that watch this uh, reaching out somehow? Uh, why are you doing this? I mean, it, you talked about maybe less runway What's the here. What's $50,000? <laughs> right. <laughs> The free Starbucks. Uh, I mean, there's something something that's happened over the last couple of years to where you feel like, well, I'm going to dance again. Why sit down and do an interview? Well, because, number one, it's with you. And uh, I told you, one of your interviews, somebody had just closed a specific location you said oh geez maybe i'm gonna go edit that out you know Which i forgot to do yeah but well it's too late that's so well known but right it's it's the chemistry of you know you and me interacting the dance uh it's the chemistry of sasquatch the dance mm -hmm. and my sense of where you want to go with this is i don't think you super have an agenda you know as far as it needs to come out this way or that mm -hmm. way um you're just hiking up the trail trying to see where where the next turn leads you know and so um in a way i was I wasn't super planning on this interview you know the way that it, it's come out we were going to go walk and look at stuff and mm -hmm. you know i think um one of the things visually if you're cutting away a lot to things we see later walking in the woods and that's the visual people have rather than us sitting here mm -hmm. you know that's what we're talking about is that ecosystem and that world mm -hmm. and there's some places around that are relatively undisturbed where we'll go to other places that are tree farms you know that the monoculture is established and and it's just a a a, a farm you know for, for to grow trees and harvest them and everything so how uh, many acres are we talking to walk on uh, here there's, you know, we can go a long ways. We're, we're 60 or so that, that yeah. you know, we, we've got and permission to be there's on. There's acres you've never been on? Oh, there's many acres I've never been on, and there's a lot of terrain that ends up being pretty steep mm -hmm. um, that is, you know, not easy for us to, to navigate. We're going to wear ourselves out. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that said, there's a lot of terrain that people don't go into that can be long-term places, you know. So my sense of mm -hmm. this phenomenon is that it, it, it's kind of nomadic and moves around and you know if you talk to other researchers uh, mm -hmm. you know one of our friends had pegged it down to a, a, with BFR reports you know and the ones that, that aren't seen well here I can say that these sightings cluster here at this time of the year well that's when they're down on the beach and doing this well here's up in the mountains with the blueberries and here's this and that and so you know you can you can kind of see that they move around a lot so the thing about somebody well where is that I want to go there and see this yeah, yeah good luck you know it's it's you know you can take the the most educated person as far as this phenomenon is to go out and try to have something happen and it's not going to happen you're not going to see anything unless you know it's uh, you're allowed to see it or you're yeah. made to see it you know? see now that term allowed that's something i find myself saying and then i think about it like gosh that's giving it a lot of personage it's almost like saying i'm the individual's chosen here does that feel weird for you to say that word allowed with them 
allowed to do this? Yeah, to uh, you know, because you don't say that about raccoons. You know, they've allowed me to. I guess if you were working in a primate sanctuary, you might say, well, I've been allowed to. Well, again, everybody's got their realities wired up differently. I know somebody that was involved in the the Ketchum DNA study. I trust the results of that, where we're talking about something that is 80% human and 20% unknown primate. And so I go to discrimination and uh, treating others as you would want to be treating if this is a humanoid. And so I allow you to set your stuff up and talk to me today and you allow me to talk and and we allow back and forth that's the dance and so we're always allowed and denied it's like you know ones and zeros and you know uh, it's like yeah you can go here no you can't go there and so you end up in talking to people and you know people I get to meet all the time it's like well they allowed me into a little inside story of their life that um, there was some trust established there and, and mutual trust and then there's other people it's like bam the barriers go up and you go you know, no, I don't think we're quite speaking the same language, and so we'll be polite, but I'm not going to allow you into my space, you know. But for the Ketchum study, you've referred to that on at least a couple times here in the last hour. That was a definitive study to the point where you've looked at the research and that you walked away satisfied with how the study was done and it changed your perspective the point where you say they allowed this moment to happen here because they're a person i mean that's a big moment to have not every uh flute player has even had that moment Hmm. Again, your understanding builds brick by brick, you know, and sometimes it ends up being a wall that, you know, you can't get any more understanding or whatever, but that's another piece of evidence that I might not have so much credence in, but I know an individual that that knows the backstory, that knows how that study was shelved and uh, kind of attacked, and knows through that of sending up that flare that there is are forces out there that keep the lid on things, you know. And so um, allowed is, um, we all allow this and that and the other thing, you know. So I don't have a problem with allowed, you know. Um, The degree that you're allowed and maybe the degree that, you know, you get vetted maybe, you know. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, okay, you pass that little test or, you know, you brought this person on and showed them where we live and we didn't like that, you know. And you can cut to the picture of the compressed four-inch diameter branch that I sent you um, that I was up early on after having watched a lot of YouTube videos that, that I got a lot of good information out. Disregard some, you know, you take on information from others, but I went up and shot video and, and showed stick structures, sewed barricades and all that and narrated it, and I was not going to publish it. Uh, it was just a little exercise for me. Had the had the phone with me and did the thing. Mm-hmm. Well. I watched that uh, after I shot it, um, and I had a weird out-of-body feeling experience that, okay, did I imagine it, whatever, but I felt that something was standing right with me, and nothing there, but it, uh, it was just a different sense of time and space, I guess. And so, okay, you brush that off, you get done watching your thing, and you go on about your, your business. The next day, I came up, and this four-inch diameter or so tree has been pushed over, bent over, and pushed back onto itself where it compressed into this S-shape that a piece of hydraulic equipment would be needed to do. 
And so I didn't need anybody to explain to me that that was a show of power and strength and that it was not appreciated that I went up there and used that technology. Mm -hmm. um, and it was something shown to me. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and no, it wasn't the wind, and no, it's not this or that. Um, that was something majorly huge and large that bent that over. And then you go, well, okay, but uh, you know, I'm gonna leave my cup empty. Uh, was it done in the physical world? Was it done kinetically? Was it done, you know, from another dimension into this? You know, so I, I can start to run away and assume that I know a lot of things. Was it even Sasquatch? You know, I'll talk to some people. It's like, well, you know, hey, somebody told me this story because I talk to a lot of people and we get onto the subject a lot. And I have dozens of Sasquatch stories from people that volunteer their experiences to me and so you know I, I it's all subjective did it what did that thing but it was at the time right after I shot this video uh, it was in reaction to it I felt and it was clear as day to me that it was not appreciated and I didn't do it since okay so now I want to ask you real quick about some of the common threads for people that live in hot spots so we'll just call this a hot spot or a common ground for you and them um, common threads that people that are interested in this and that live with the phenomena let's start with objects around the property here that have either gone missing or moved or things unexpected things arriving in interesting places anything like that happen well uh, a couple months ago um, as things were starting to heat up and I was being a little more involved and in, you know back and forth um, out in my driveway is a small cotton ball. I've got them inside and nothing I have had anywhere near this, and it was just pristine and white and clean, was this little cotton ball. And I looked at that and I thought, that's just really weird, I can't explain it. And then, of course, well, you know, who knows, a bird dropped it, I, I don't know. And so I bring it in, and then that evening I sit down in the house and there is a second one over by the stereo television on the floor. And how that got there, I don't know, you know. And so, and why a cotton ball? Why, you know, it, it has, and it's probably synthetic cotton, you know, I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But it's smaller than you would use, like in a pill jar or something. To, you know, it's just like I ran through everything. What, what is this? Where did this come from? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I can't identify it, you know. So sometimes it just keeps you wondering and looking and watching, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not like you were in the medicine jar grabbing cotton balls on your way to work and then dropped it. it wasn't a moment like that. you know and again i think any healthy person first starts with trying to doubt it and explain something mm -hmm. away and if you start looking for signs and we you know that cloud looks like it's telling me it's a fist what does that mean you know so so in in this case you know that that was not explainable you know and and you get to uh, i showed you uh, I had contacted somebody about audio recording early on, and um, we were back and forth, and uh, as you, I think, are aware, um, audio recording seems not to be as off-limits as video, uh, but I decided in talking to this person that I didn't want to infringe at all on some other person's uh, space and, and felt that might be taken badly, and so I decided not to do it. The next morning, and there's pictures of that, or you can film it later, two cherry trees, and cherry trees seem to be a major communication uh, because they bend and they don't break a lot. Um, 
two cherry trees, an inch, inch and a half in diameter, are bowed over and intertwined and woven together with a smaller one below them, right out my kitchen window. Well, that wasn't there the day before. None of the other small cherry saplings did that before or since. They're still there. And I looked out at it and I just, well, that's an intertwined couple and a smaller one, you know. And I mean, that's as clear in my head as anything. And it's, um, you know, if we are interrelated, if are we share DNA or whatever, you know, are we picking up on that, you know, vibe? Um, but as you start to do your research or, or watch a lot of things, a lot of people liken um, what you find out in the forest and a lot of 45 degree sticks in the dirt or whatever. Well, Vietnamese used a lot of that for marking trails and giving information mm -hmm. and, and whatever. And so when you go out, um, balanced looking for different things you start to see things like peeled off bark that's you know set over somewhere and it's like well what does that you know things like that so um i i get shown things all the time right but but again it's in doing in in honoring that it's like i don't have time right now uh that was really good um there's an area i mow and repeatedly I would go mow that and then uh, maple tree branches would be thrown down into that big open area the next day. And it wasn't appreciated that I was down there doing things, you know. And, and one day I went back out and cleaned up all the maple stuff and, uh, and laughed out into the woods, you know, and then just, ha ha, you know, that's really good, but I, I got to clean it up. And the next day there's another one, you know. And so I was having interactions, but somebody else would say, well, you know, you were imagining that and that right, was all in yeah. your head, but you've got to take the entire bulk of the data that you have, either firsthand or secondhand from trusted sources. And then you start to go, well, that person sees this, that person over there sees this, this tends to be a narrative I can kind of get behind. Mm -hmm. And so this ends up being my belief system, you know. Right. And did the cotton ball thing change your perspective at all? Or did, I mean, I know that you didn't have time that day to invest in it, but does your mind go back to that moment? since you can't debunk it? It's, it's always in your mind. It's like, you know, why do I live in a house with, um, you know, 20-foot ceilings? Uh, can somebody discorporate and come in here and stand there cloaked and, you know, be around me? Or was something in my, in my house physically? Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, so what... But again, it's like um, a teasing, a taunting... Um, but your mind goes, okay, so crazy people absolutely know they're sane. Mm -hmm. And so if I look at that and go, Sasquatch left it, well, no, maybe a poltergeist left it. No, maybe this or that, you know, or, or who knows what left it. What about it. poltergeist? Do you have any ghosts here? Uh, not really. I had one experience when I was uh, in my early, early 20s of a house that had a poltergeist, and we were all sitting around one night, and they were talking about stuff that went on, and I was pretty much not, you know, not buying it a whole lot, and then a doorknob just started shaking like hell, uh, and there was nobody there, you know. But so. nothing on this land? Uh, no, but, you know, again, one of the things is you can get people into your lives that will kind of summon that kind of stuff um, mm. sometimes and, right. and open Have up. Have you noticed that when you've had people here, that the activity changes in that direction? or Not, not really, and I don't look for it. You know, right. again, it's a busy life. You've got things to do, you know, and this is the, the getaway, the reward after you go do all that. And so, uh, again, 
I'm not going to hike up a trail that I know goes to a mountaintop and I only got goods to get a quarter of the way and go, I didn't get the mountaintop, you know, uh, well, I wasn't prepared, right. you know. So that's the question. And maybe this is part of it. At this point, are you prepared? Do you want to head back in and start the dance? Mm -hmm. And what's your end game? What do you hope to gain from this? Um, and so those are questions that you've, you know, t t talking today. And it's like, you know, I'm just trying to pull no bullshit, you know, what, what I really think and what I've seen out. And right. it's as beneficial for me. Thank you for the therapy session. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, that's all we can do, you know. And yeah. so, so I'm trying in my, you know, I guess if I have a job, you know, my quest, my interest is finding people that um, are dipping their toe in the waters of the supernatural not just bigfoot right. they've either been profoundly changed by it profoundly disturbed by it or have a you know more than a passive interest in the subject matter and there's these common threads uh hauntings shouldn't belong in the world of bigfoot but they do for some reason houses uh, seem to be affected in that way and they show a lot of those attributes like furniture will be moved poltergeist type activity uh, chalky white uh, sebum or handprints or body impressions on the interior and exterior of your house, your vehicle. Um, those are pretty common things. Lights uh, would be another one, but you, you haven't seen those yet, have you? Well, I, I did see a light with a researcher that okay. we, we, we did some things with uh, in the evening. And then, uh, again, the perspective of that tended to be different in the retelling to both individuals, right. you know. And so what one person saw, the other person didn't see exactly that, but saw something else. Mm -hmm. And I think in other stories that person told me that's happened other times, you know. It's like, well, mm -hmm. saw that, and person, you know, I didn't see that, you know. So, okay. so like telephone game, it changes. Yeah, you know, and, and, and so what do you call forth? What do you allow? And, and we both know somebody that was... Um, having more and more experiences and stuff and went out to psychics and certain things and it's like at some point felt like he had to give up some free will to um, get to the next step and that wasn't going to happen and so you know things kind of cooled off you know and so it's kind of the way I was I, I kind of whipped things up in, in, a, in a subtle way in interacting with things and it got to the point with the slap on the side of the house and you can step out now and maybe maybe see something or maybe know something that you don't know but at that moment I wasn't ready you know and so called your bluff um, you know you're not ready for us you know have a nice day but then since then and I'll show you um, walking on trails there was an amazing starburst at the foot of a tree and it was through pretty heavy brush but there was like a tunnel that just went right to that thing you know and so I'm trying to put it to the side and not think about it and everything and go for a walk and there's that thing and I, and I call it the hey look at us moment you know it's mm -hmm. like no I'm not being allowed to just forget about you you know you're still here you're still a neighbor um, and so you're just leaving me little things mm -hmm. to see and come upon to process in my own way you know and so I could have just said yeah that neighbor broke onto the property and did this thing off in the middle of nowhere where he doesn't all be walking or whatever you know so right. i can but you know you could convince yourself of that well, you have a gate here too right i mean is that we have a gate but yeah. you know the raw land People goes on and on and goes to all kinds of different other properties and stuff so, so. The, the lights you're kind of on the fence with as far as what one person saw compared to what you saw 
What about missing time or anything that is remotely close to, you know, uh, an encounter of some kind where you can't account for sleep paralysis? Yeah. Nothing like that? Well, you know, we can go into all kinds of things. When I was driving down to L.A., I kind of had some missing things when I went down to go to school there. Uh, and I lost a couple hours on the coast. And, you know, these are weird stories that just don't seem to have anything to do with anything. But then I get to L.A., and I was I was driving an Audi 100 at that time. And, and the... It always had issues with the alternator because the guy that owned it had just welded on a GM alternator to it. And I got there and the alternator had broken off the mounts and was just sitting there, but the card made it all the way down to LA with that. And it just didn't fall apart and break when I pulled up and I had this two hours of missing time. I got back and drew pictures of UFOs and aliens and stuff and I just didn't know why I was doing it. So it's like, well, you know, if you have missing time, do you know you've got missing time? If I'm out here on my own hiking in the woods and I'm not keeping track of time, how many missing hours or, or whatever could, could I be experiencing that there's nobody there to say, hey? You... Well, okay, but let's, uh, this is incredible. So not only missing time, but you had a missing experience where this car part shouldn't be where it was. Well, it, it should have just, the belt should have pulled the thing off and thrown it on the ground and everything. And I get there and, and lift up to, you know, to, to see how this is done. And it's just sitting there loose, you know. But there's been time, you know, similar stories where that shouldn't be and that doesn't add up, you know. Okay, but what about the drawings? The drawings were just kind of obsessive compulsive, you know, it's probably still have one or two, freaking little flying saucer. You still have these? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, again, if we get to talk Talking about waking dreams, it is a Sasquatch experience that I had that was probably the most powerful thing of any phenomenon that I've had um, with the most meaning for me. Um, the, oh, what was that? There were other, there, there's been other waking dreams, you know, in, in the past where you, you'll sense something and then, you know, th that's what it is. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, once again, I headed down a trail and didn't know where I was going with it. But, well, uh, no, going back. Oh, the, 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 the UFO thing. So yeah. when I'm really young, um, 10, 11 years old, again, it's just a dream. I wake up in the middle of the night. Um, I, I go over to a window and look out to the apple orchard, and there's a freaking UFO sitting there, just kind of a little single one, saucer-shaped, got a dome on it. The lights were incredibly um, real to me, circling this thing and everything. And I started to get really worked up and everything, and then I just remember getting really, really, really sleepy, and then don't remember anything else, you know. But that, again, as far as life experiences, mm -hmm. that sets itself apart from a, a regular dream for me. Mm -hmm. And then if you go to those kinds of things, mm -hmm. subsequent to the slap on the side of the house, when I started to back away, here's the biggie. So 4.30 in the morning, I uh, wasn't sleeping real well, and I finally fall asleep at 4.30. And I hear, I wake up, in this reality, and I hear whoop, 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 whoop. sounds like helicopter blades, kind of, but they don't sound like that. But in threes, three seems to be a big number, and then it just stops. And I am panicked thinking something is going to fall out of the sky and onto the house because in my mind, you know, well, that's keeping that thing aloft. It's some kind of helicopter thing. And so I go downstairs and out the back door and I look up and there's low clouds, misty, and I see through the clouds an X-shape, two lights. 
uh, blue or green, I think green, and definitely red, that crossed each other in the sky. And I look up and see that. The next thing I notice is all the woods and brush around here are screaming with the sounds of tortured animals. Just, just awful. And as I'm looking, all of a sudden this bright white light um, is happening. And it takes me a minute or two to realize that that's coming out of my forehead. You know, it's wherever I look, this amazingly white light is shining. And then I look over to my right to a cedar tree and I see a hand um, and I'll say Sasquatch, but this was ugly. I mean, this was misshapen ugly. And so I look over and this being comes out and starts walking towards me. And in my mind in that moment, it was that this is your test. Are you going to be afraid and run? Are you going to stand your ground? What are you going to do? Are you ready? And so this comes towards me, walks past me, I stand my ground, and look down the drive, and here comes another being, uh, large, Sasquatchy, square jaw, looks like a sergeant in the army Sasquatch, just something you trust, something you is strong and okay, and comes up, and all I know is we sat down and started to talk, and I don't remember anything else. And I always say it wasn't really the conversation, it was the tone of the conversation right. and the tone of that that really impacted me. But it was like, here's your test, here's this scary thing, okay, you stood your ground, now we're gonna do this, you know? So am I freaking crazy? I don't know, you know? It's, it's just a dream, is with amalgamation of everything I've gone through that just need to ex you know, express itself that way. But that light, that white, white, white light, um, was something I've never encountered before. And then talking to another person that's much into spiritualism and other things, well, that's a specific thing in, in, with a third eye in some cultures, you know. Mm -hmm. I didn't know about it. You I felt it, like it was illuminating off of you? It was like a freaking beacon coming out of like my head. Like a lighthouse on your head? Yeah, just beacon. like you're wearing a flashlight on your head and it just, you know, everywhere you look, it's that white, white. Uh, and again, the tortured animals, well, you know, I've got a concern for nature and, you know, we are destroying and blah, blah, blah. So was that a manifestation of that or was that something showing me that the earth is in distress, you know, and this is what I get by with nature is calling out saying we're in trouble, you know. And you made note of what time it was when this happened? Yeah, it was 4.30 in the and then how real was this for you? It was more real than, than anything is, you know, especially like with the light and looking up into the sky and seeing those two things cross. And what was the meaning of that, you know? Where was this, the plus symbol? It was over on the other side of the house, okay. the other entry. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was a, it was an X crossing at a fairly shallow angle. And, uh, and again, the details of, uh, but it wasn't just up in the sky. There was low foggy clouds. So I saw that through the low foggy Did you clouds. say it was a rigid object with lights in between? No, no, they it? passed. They kind of okay. intersected. Yeah, they, they, they moved. Gotcha. They crossed. It wasn't an object. Like no, this. it was okay. two different things, you know. So I go, well, what's that symbolism? You know, there are two things crossing paths, you know. So here I am crossing paths with whatever this is, you know. And so subjectively, you start, you know, your mind runs to go, well, what was the meaning of this? You know, what, what am I supposed to take away from this? And, you know, Later, in dealing with a, a researcher on the property that was sure we were going to have some experiences, you know, are you ready for this? 
And my only explanation is I was prepared. I know what I will do if a freaking just anything, you know, I'm pretty much going to sit down in, the, in a submissive posture and wait for that to let me know what it wants, you know. Um, so in my mind, it's like rehearsing for battle. You know, I was, that, that's, I just replay that and go, it's going to be fine. On the other side of this, you're going to get some understanding, you know. Yeah. And, and that just, you know, you, it's, well, that's just freaking stupid, you know. But it's, again, you've got to shut off what your logical mind tells you and go, well, you know, if we do have meanings, if we do have, you know, dreams that mean something, whatever, you know, what did this actually mean? But the sound of that woof, 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 and stopping and going out and, you know, just the everything was so real and then so surreal at the same time. The helo blade sound, what do you equate that to? Do you have any idea? I, I have nothing. You know, again, it was, it was just uh, amazingly um, clear and strong and when it stopped, I just had the sense of, you know, but then again, you know, looking up to the sky, I see these two objects cross each other, you know, in, in the form of an X. And you well know the form of an X is, you know, expressed quite a bit out in stick structures and different things like that. So um, was that my brain turning it around and, you know, making this little story for me to live, you know, to, it, who knows, you know, but... We take things like that away and, and we go, you know, what was the meaning of that? And at the end of the day, that other situations I've been in when I was really young that I told you about earlier, you know, those are the more real things in life. And then you eventually learn to discount those things and you eventually learn that, no, that's not real. You know, that this is the real world. The realness of those beings that you saw that you said maybe were Sasquatch, they were kind of gnarly looking. Oh, the one, yeah. The one compared to the other. Harry's scary face, yeah. What was the difference between the one compared to the staff sergeant one? With the chiseled jaw, what, what, what's the difference there? You know, just the face seemed to be a bit distorted and contorted. I, you know, the eyes were a bit buggy, I, I think. And uh, just not a pleasant-looking uh, being. Um, and again... The fear was all in my head, you know, and well, we're not supposed to judge people by how they look, are we? You know, and so if you get to that 80% human thing, so, you know, was I judging, you know, and, and... Well, did it display itself in a way that looked as though it was more foreboding, was it? It just walked towards me, you know, and again, there was nothing scary about what it did it's you know and again you know geez there's people you meet that you you know man look at that guy you know well he's got the heart of a pussycat you know and so right. that was in that moment what happened for me was that i fear this oh my god i gotta stand my my ground your whole uh, walk is one of knowing yourself pretty good knowing your true self going with your instincts and uh so I'm going to challenge you on a little bit of that just based upon the way you've talked over the last year with me. Mm. Um, do you think that there these initiations that you're talking about, like if you don't run, you stand your ground, and so they present you with something that seems a little more terrifying than this other one that you described as kind of just all business but not necessarily that. 
what whatever became of that moment so they came they approached you you stood your ground and then what the scary one just passed by and didn't pay attention because my attention was drawn to the one coming up the driveway that was much more friendly looking and much more almost you know if you had an emergency you'd go to that because that yeah. strong can help you right. and that's a comforting kind of thing although it's massive and huge and you know the whole thing so uh it approaches and I am feeling welcoming and I'm feeling like this is okay, this is not going to be an issue. So was one a manifestation of my perception of that same thing and then that was washed away and I got to see the real essence of that, you know, that it, it looked scary that, you know, um, mm -hmm. and, and wasn't, you know, so I don't know and those things you can turn over in your head forever and you might get information today or tomorrow that will enter your database and go, oh, now I think it meant mm -hmm. that. Yeah. This is such a big moment here, and we've, uh, we're in a different part of the dance right now. <laughs> and I wonder where, where the dance is going to lead later here. But um, So they get, they get up close to you to the degree where one passes by you. How close is this one individual that, that looks foreboding as he's passing by you? Oh, almost brushes right by. Okay, and this is a hyper-real moment that you don't pass off as a dream no because of the sound because of the light because of all the context it's a few times in life you i've had these things you know right. and so so that's that was one of those things and again my logical mind goes well don't run away with this don't mm -hmm. go into la la land you know but this is an experience this is something that no matter how much you try to quantify it and put it over here in a nice mm -hmm. little container um maybe that's more real and i told you about a near-death experience when i was very young at four that taint, set up my whole life to well i know where i'm going you know and i don't know about your stories and i don't know that all of us don't go to maybe a lot of different places maybe we're a lot of different types of souls living here that you know at the end of the day we go back here we go back there wherever mm -hmm. you know so um yeah, I remember a lot of things when I was really young that I knew for sure, um, that I was taught not to know for sure as time right. goes on. Uh, I've been through channeling sessions with a good friend that uh, revealed quite a bit to me about me. Um, and again, take it with a grain of salt, but um, some of it is, is pretty compelling. Um, during those same sessions, they named names of people that they wouldn't know. Right, um, so you've seen evidence of hidden knowledge and um, you brushed up against it more than once. And I want to stick with these beings here because I want to go see the area that you're talking about here and uh, talk to you about this other one, this, uh, the one that you said looked like he was in the army there, mm. and talk about what happened uh, at that spot. And, and, yeah, and that's it. It's, um, there, there is no direct memory of anything other than sitting down next to it, him, and having a conversation, you know, and I, I related this almost immediately to, to somebody else I was dealing with at the time that was a researcher. And, uh, and I said it wasn't really about the conversation, it was about the tone of the conversation. Now, I, you know, take that for what you will, you know, but, but we were sitting down together exchanging ideas, you know, okay. and, and so that's 
you know, about all I can make out of that. And, and sometimes, you know, you, you're not given the exacts, you know, you, you need to funnel it yeah. through your processing. But something happens to the witness, too, when they relive the area where they were. So let's go over there, and um, I'm going to take a pause here because of the battery on the camera, and uh, we'll get resituated. And then uh, let's take a look at your property uh, as much as you want to show. And uh, well, yeah, and you know, the thing is, um, you know, it's been kind of put out there vibe wise hey, you know, Tobe's coming out, and uh, you know, maybe there'll be something that we'll see that will be, you know, there or, or maybe not. But I've been out recently in the last few days and found some things, so we can talk about that. Okay, perfect, let's do it. So we did do it. And the footage that I got uh, was in the back of the property near Forrest's truck, and I felt like, well, the truck is way too close to where the camera is, uh, the house is in the picture more, so I, I just decided to keep that footage for myself. However, the following footage that you're about to see is the footage that Forrest and I caught while we roamed the 60 plus acres, it felt like plus acres, and we found some interesting stuff, I think, especially just for an initial cursory walk. And so, uh, watch this in its entirety to the end and um, enjoy getting a sneak peek at Forrest Walker's amazing property here. All right, that was my walk with Forrest Walker. The sun went down and uh, the flashlights came out and then the rain started what was going to be a colored night vision, you know, night from the balcony turned into a rain out. We, we visited for a little bit longer, but for the most part, it was, um, it just wasn't to be had. So I don't know what's going to become of, uh, going back there and filming. Um, you know, you want to be careful about, uh, how much time you take out of people's lives. So if I'm ever invited back out, uh, you know, and we can do some more, interesting stuff and bring it to you we will but uh, I just want to err on the side of privacy for Forrest's sake so that uh, that was a lot of fun for me I hope it was fun for you to look and listen at again it's over at uh, the YouTube channel if you're listening uh, go over there and hit the alert key because there's stuff coming up as I said we have the strange stroll from Maury Island the Maury Island slag forest so I go to this forest and find some interesting stuff. Um, there's some interesting layers to the Maury Island incident and the official story has yet to be really told as far as I'm concerned. So that'll be coming out next week. And also the next Strange Troll poll will be up immediately after that comes out on YouTube. It won't be a podcast, mind you. This is a, a video, so that's definitely over at YouTube. Hey, if you want to support the show, you can do that. I would encourage you to go to strangebowradio.com and get some merch. Hoodies. Man, I've got like five different hoodies in my wardrobe right now. And uh, hoodies are always good to go as far as I'm concerned. You can wear them with anything, especially out here when it's typically 47 degrees all year long. So there's great Strange Brow Radio hoodies over there. They're super cozy. Definitely, guys, get the two XLs because even ladies, 
hoodies seem to stretch. There's t-shirts, socks, uh, stickers, mugs, all those good things. Um, I want to thank everybody over at patreon.com forward slash strangebrowradio. I have some people that I want to thank who have uh, specifically stayed with us here. Uh, Shannon, thank you very much. Shannon Hankey, Kevin, ZC, that's what they're going by. MJ, thank you very much. Benjamin, thank you for your contribution. Nikki, uh, Dave Donovan, Neil Morris, Jill. Hey, Jill. Jill is part of the production coming out soon. Flash of Beauty, Jill Remen-Snyder, also a Strange Brow patron. Jason Klein over there at General URKO. Miranda Gerke, one of the holdouts from the Cottage Grove Axe and Fiddle Days. Thank you so much, Miranda. Patrick Ross, Edward Clark, Christina B. Scott Taylor. Thank you, Scott. A BFRO uh, engineer, recently retired. Enjoy your retirement there, Scott. Christina Carter Nash, she has one of our hoodies. Brenda Kinzer, interesting stuff. Done an uh, interview with Brenda as well. Keenan Geiger, Stephen Kalb, Steve Kalb, rather. Uh, great guy. I've talked to him a few times. David, always with us. David Mabain, thank you very much. Sean Perkins, Alex Whitcomb over at Drifted Creations and uh, many, many more hopes to come. Thank you guys so much for uh, contributing each and every month to the show. And they are getting the extended color night vision from the upcoming Strange Stroll that we did here over at Maury Island. So if you want to take a look at that, get ready coming next week. All right, that's it for me. If you want to be a guest on the show, you know how to get a hold of me at strangebrowradio at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. I would love to talk to you. I think we're going to go into the world of dogmen for some of the patrons and uh, start really looking into this a little bit more seriously. I've been avoiding it, but I don't think I should anymore. So that's coming up. All right. You know what to say. I will see you in the trees. Oh.